Today is story time. I have for you an unbelievable offer of a tender and heartwarming story, all for one low price. But wait, there's more. Order before midnight tonight and I will throw in a second story. That's right, two stories for a low, well, non-existent price actually, all on the way to answering the question. But is it a blessing? Welcome to the Sky Pilot Podcast that explores questions of faith, spirituality, and religion. I'm Dan Matthews, and I don't have all the answers, but I do enjoy the questions. Welcome to the podcast where every question is an invitation into a spiritual quest, and you're invited along for the journey. Well, in case you missed it in the intro, I have two stories to tell you today. The first story is related to my routine of taking a walk every morning. And if you have electronically wandered by the SkyPilot Facebook page recently, you saw two pictures that I posted from my morning walks. One was a child's toy sitting on the sidewalk, seemingly there to offer a happy morning greeting to passersby. It made me smile, and so I snapped a picture of it and shared it on Facebook. Then a couple of days later, I'm again out on my morning walk, and I catch a glimpse just in the corner of my eye of a shadow in the air nearby, and suddenly I get to see a beautiful hawk come swooping in and land on the chain-link fence right in front of me. I was so excited by the encounter, I grabbed my phone, I snapped a brief picture, and shared it again on Facebook. Interestingly, these two moments of joy, along with a third I'm about to share, all happened within about, oh, a hundred yards of each other, all on different days. Now, given that my walk can be up to a four-mile loop, I think it's curious that they were all so close to each other. I'm not drawing any importance or any meaning here. I just find it interesting. The third happened as I was walking on the sidewalk near a playground, and I'm listening to my audiobook and trying to keep my pace brisk when I hear a small sound that keeps repeating itself again and again. And I'm wondering for a moment if there's a problem with the audio in my book. I look to my left, and there's a small child, somewhere between probably two and three years old, who has proudly made it to the top of the slide, with her mom standing beneath. Her mom's hands are on the child's hip, offering to steady the child in case she needs it. The toddler has turned away from the direction of the slide and is facing the street, facing me with a very focused look. And she seems to be saying something. So I take one of the earbuds out of my ear, and doing so immediately pauses my audiobook. Then I'm able to hear that the child is the source of this repeating sound that I was hearing. And she's saying, hi, hi, hi. And she's waving in that wonderful and overly exaggerated way that a child does, like she's washing a large window pane. So, of course, I wave back in exactly the same way and say, hi. In response, suddenly she breaks into a big grin. She finally has my attention. Her hand now goes to cover her mouth and comes away rapidly. She has blown me a kiss. I immediately blow her a kiss right back, and she smiles in our moment of connection and then turns to go down the slide, and I return to my walk. This little child has no idea how wonderfully and profoundly she blessed me that morning. Now I want to tell you another story. This one begins on a scuba trip that Sarah and I took this summer. When you're on a scuba boat, you discover each other's idiosyncrasies and limitations very quickly. And on one particular trip, Sarah and I were on a boat with lots of experienced divers who were far, far, far more experienced than we were. Sarah and I have somewhere between 100 and 200 dives 
everyone on this boat other than us had at least a thousand dives, some two, three thousand and more dives under their belt. One particular woman on the dive boat with us spoke to me the very first time as she corrected something I was doing with my gear. It wasn't a safety-related issue. She just thought there was a more efficient way to do what I was doing, and she told me not to do it the way I was doing it. Later on a different dive, I made a faux pas. Again, it was not an issue of safety, but since there were many photographers on the boat, it was an embarrassing one. There was a photographic opportunity of something that I was excited about, but in my excitement, I lost track of my buoyancy, and I got too close to the bottom, and I kicked up some sediment when I swam away. Now, I normally have excellent buoyancy control, so this is unusual for me, but nonetheless, I made this mistake, which had the effect of not allowing anyone else to take a picture of the same thing that I had just photographed because I kicked up sediment. Now, without going into too much detail, I will explain because we are using flashes as part of our photography, and a tiny bit of sediment that is invisible to the naked eye will be reflected like hundreds of little mirrors when the flash goes off, and it'll ruin the picture with something underwater photographers call backscatter. I knew immediately in this moment that I had made the mistake, and I was mortified. Was it the end of the world? Well, no. But in underwater photography, you're limited by the amount of air you have, so you have a very limited amount of time that you can be down there taking pictures. And you're limited just trying to find something to take a picture of, and then frequently the thing you want to photograph won't cooperate at all. So there are so many limiting factors in underwater photography that some thoughtless idiot, that's me, kicking debris in the water really is frustrating. As I said, I was mortified. When we got back to the boat, the woman who had spoken to me earlier and approached me and told me that I was doing something wrong with my equipment, as far as she was concerned, asked if we could talk. She then told me the mistake I had made and how it affected other divers, how it had affected her. I was already keenly aware of my mistake. I didn't need the reminder, but I received it, and I apologized. Now, in the time, the days that we were on the same boat with this woman, she shared her advice with me, her wisdom, her corrections, I want to say at least 20, 25 times. I share these two stories because these are related to today's topic. It seems to me that Jesus spent a great deal of time teaching some very specific types of behavior to his followers. If you find someone who's cold, give them your coat. If you find someone who's hungry, feed them. If you find someone who's without shelter, then house them. Now, I believe that some people interpret Jesus' instructions as the more fortunate assisting the less fortunate, but I don't think that really is the point. Every single one of us who lives in this world has places in our lives that are voids, physical voids, emotional voids, psychological voids. Every single one of us is called by God to go into the world and be a blessing to each other. And if we're doing it well, then we will respond in a way that fills the voids of each other. In retrospect, I think if I wasn't so annoyed by my fellow diver, and I'd spent some time getting to know her motivation, I would probably have discovered that she genuinely believed that she was going through life as a blessing she probably would even say she was responding to the voids in the lives of those she encountered. Unfortunately, her mode of operating was to go through life noticing the failings, the voids, in someone else's life, and then her attempt at blessing 
was to, well, point them out. I tell you about her not because she's strange or unusual, but because she's absolutely typical. I've done that. Well, I do that. Then there was the toddler, who so joyfully offered me her blessing. There was nothing more to her interaction with me than wanting a moment to recognize something simple but wonderful. Hey, we are two people whose lives have just happened to bring them to overlap. Isn't that fantastic? Let's celebrate this moment. Let's celebrate each other. We all interact with so many people in our lives, those we know well, those we know in passing, and then countless people we hardly know at all. And not one of them ever is secretly hoping that the person they're interacting with will discover their voids, their failings, their flaws, and point them out for correction. I will be honest. If God ever says, go into the world and let your judgment fly at every person you encounter, well, let's just say I've been training my whole life for that moment. I'm ready. But that isn't what God calls us to do. That isn't what God is ever going to call us to do. That isn't what God wants. It isn't what I want when I encounter someone else. God wants nothing more than for us to bless each other. Look, God wants us filling the voids in each other's lives. And sometimes we see those voids, but often we don't. But I can tell you this, a shared moment of joy is always healing, always life-giving, always a blessing. In every single encounter with anyone, there is something to be joyful about. Take a lesson from the toddler. Share the joy in the moment, and you will be offering a blessing. That's all for today. Be sure to check and see if you have subscribed to this podcast so you get notified of future episodes. Also, you can find me on Facebook, YouTube. Just search for Sky Pilot Faith Quest. On your spiritual journey, may you ask questions, seek answers, and boldly go wherever the quest takes you. Thanks for listening to Sky Pilot Faith Quest. I invite you to send me a question or leave a review. And remember, the sign of a strong faith, solid religion, or healthy spiritual journey is not certainty, but that you keep asking questions. <laughs>